now, time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Weekly Podcast, brought to you by Erneberry's Data on Demand. Transform your data challenges into valuable business opportunities with real-time commodity market information, seamlessly integrated directly into your company's systems. Erneberry's data licensing solutions, including our API and Excel add-in, will save you time and effort, allowing you to focus on what's important, growing your business. Say goodbye to manual data collection and hello to automation. To learn more about Erneberry's data on demand solutions, reach out to sales at erneberry.com. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And you really missed your call as a radio DJ. Stop it. You mean that? <laughs> I do. Did you I know do. that? I, You're so good. I had a radio show in college. Did you no know that? way. It was called, we need to bring up some clips. It was called the Late Night Lunch Break. I don't know if there's any audio. Uh, but we just basically played Spice Girls and like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. You need to bring it back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here. We're going on. We're on. <laughs> anyway. I'm Arna Barry, Seafood Market Reporter, Lauren DeSiglione. And first up this week, let's talk about the latest snow crab extension for Newfoundland and Labrador. The Department of Fisheries and Oceans Canada sent out a notice announcing that the snow crab fishery has been extended for 3K. This includes areas, get your pencils ready, <laughs> 3B, 3BC, 3C, 3D, and Area 4. Those areas will now close at 2,000 hours on July 28th. The DFO had initially extended the fishing area to July 14th and then July 21st. Now harvesters have yet another week on the water to work towards landing 100% of their quota. The three-piece crab fishing area, including 10A, 10B, 11S, 11W, and 11E, also receives an extension to close at 2,000 hours of July 28th. And like 3K, they also had previously received an extension. Newfoundland and Labrador harvesters received a quota of 54,305 metric tons this year, but conflicts between the Association of Seafood Producers and FFAW over pricing resulted in a late start to the season. Preliminary data as of July 17th revealed that 39,980 metric tons have been caught, representing 74% of the quota. Harvesters still have 14,325 metric tons in the water. And uh, to avoid a situation like this next year, ASP Executive Director Jeff Loader told Saltwater that the group reached out to FFAW to request that they begin talks for next year's crab fishery in the fall. Um, Loader told the outlet that we want to begin collective bargaining discussions for all species in September. We need to work on collecting information for an honest and frank conversation. And we need the government to work with us to increase the data available to us so we can make all informed decisions. And I know sometimes we have people from the Discovery Channel listening to us on the podcast. So if you guys are listening, send cameras up there because <laughs> the Snowcraft Fishery and Newfoundland Labrador would make a hell of a reality show, I think. so. And I think I know two hosts that would be perfect for it. Da, 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 <laughs> selling ourselves again. All right. I love it. Anyway, in other news, Bristol Bay sockeye salmon prices for 2023 were announced and Trident Seafoods was the first to confirm that they are offering a base price of 50 cents per pound. A big dip from last year, but also not completely unexpected. So step back in time with us. Um, just last year, we're not going that far back. <laughs> um, uh, the intro Bristol Bay sockeye salmon run in 2022 hit $79 million fish, which is the largest inshore run on record. And the Alaska Department of Fish and Game reported at the time that the figure was 81% above the 43, uh, 43.6 million average run for the last 20-year period. Um, it was also only the fourth time on record that the Bristol Bay Inshore Sockeye Salmon Run exceeded 60 million fish. 
And while the salmon run broke a record, it also ultimately took a hit on prices because there is still plenty of inventory, which is why Trident is not paying the $1.15 base price that they offered last year. So uh, in addition, Ernerberry's H&G sockeye quotations show a 22% decline as compared to the same time last year, 46 pound fish. And current quotations are also 23% lower than the five-year average, just to give you some insight into what's happening up there. So North Pacific Seafoods matched Trident's price, plus is offering up to 30 cents per pound extra through handling incentives. The outlet is reporting that Peter Pan Seafood is also offering a 50 cent base price, but also a 20 cents late season bonus for those fishing after July 18th. Like North Pacific Seafoods, Peter Pan is offering up a handling incentive of up to 30 cents. In other news, the USDA purchased over $4.3 million of Wyalaska Pollock ooh, 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 and pink salmon <laughs> products for child nutrition and other related domestic food assistance programs for fiscal year 2023. So according to the purchase award description released by the USDA, the government bought over 910,000 pounds worth of frozen Alaska Pollock from Trident Seafoods for just shy of $1.7 million, And they bought $2.6 million worth of camping salmon products from OBI Seafoods. Now, moving along, President Biden announced last week that the U.S. will not be imposing trade measures on Mexico as part of efforts to protect the endangered vaquita. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services under the U.S. Department of Interior had announced in mid-May that they had notified Congress that Mexican nationals were violating the Convention of International Trade in Endangered Species of Fauna and Flora by engaging in trade or taking of totoaba and vaquita. Secretary Deb Holland wrote in a letter to Vice President Kamala Harris and House of Representatives Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Mexico has failed to stem the illegal harvest and commercial export of totoaba, and that the illicit trade has direct negative impacts on the survival of the vaquita, which become entangled and drowned in illegal gillnets set for totoaba. The president had 60 days from the secretary's certification to notify Congress of any action, and sanctions were one action that the president could have taken. However, in his letter to the Speaker, Biden said he would not be directing the Secretary of the Treasury to impose trade measures on Mexican products. Other actions are being taken, though, like assisting and supporting Mexico's compliance, anti-trafficking, anti-corruption, other measures as appropriate. But the Secretary of the Interior, the Secretary of Commerce, Secretary of State, and the U.S. Trade Representative will continue to monitor Mexico's enforcement actions. They will also provide President Biden with a report no later than one year from June 17, 2023, on whether the actions listed um, have reduced the illegal harvesting and trafficking of totoaba and the enhanced conservation of the vaquita. And finally, Legal Seafoods is continuing to expand in Chicago following their recent success with their virtual kitchen. Legal Seafoods was acquired by PPX Hospitality Brands in 2020. In October 2021, PPX announced that they had partnered with DoorDash to bring Legal Seafoods to seafood lovers in Greater Columbus and Chicago. Instead of opening up a brick and mortar location, Legal Seafoods was operating out of PPX's fellow restaurant brand, Smith & Wallenski, which has locations at Easton Town Center and Marina City. The partnership with DoorDash allows Legal Seafoods to bring signature menu items to those with Smith & Wallenski locations for delivery or pickup during lunch and dinner. Now, PPX Hospitality Brands is looking to open Legal Seafoods' first brick and mortar Chicago restaurant this winter, uh, next to Smith & Wallenski's uh, River North location. So Matt King, the president and chief operating officer at Legal Seafoods, said in a statement that we are thrilled to bring Legal Seafoods to Chicago. As part of the PPX Hospitality Brands family, this new location is a true testament to our company's overall growth and commitment to delivering exceptional dining experiences to cities across the country. And we only go when we're up in, in Boston. So 
I know. And Arnaberry does have events in Chicago, so maybe we can maybe we'll have to take a stroll on over. Yeah. So the decision to open up a new location is just PPX's latest move to continue legal seafood's growth. Since acquiring the brand, PPX has opened new locations, renovated and refreshed existing locations, invested in a go-to platform or invested in a to-go platform, and introduced a dining rewards program for loyal guests. Just last month, PPX announced they were constructing a new facility to help meet their growing e-commerce business. The new facility will feature an e-commerce fulfillment center, test kitchen, and quality control functions for all of PPX's brands, including Legal Seafoods, Smith & Walensky, and Strega Italiano. And that does it for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye.